As federal election fever mounts across Canada, a CMAJ editorial calls for health to be more prominent. I'm Dr. Kirsten Patrick, one of CMAJ's deputy editors, and today I'm talking with Dr. Matthew Stanbrook, another of CMAJ's deputy editors and a physician in Toronto, and author of the editorial which is entitled Why the Federal Government Must Lead in Healthcare. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Kirsten. You say... For much of the last decade, Canadian federal health policy has been conspicuous by its absence. You've hit on sort of the the reason why we felt it was important to be a part of discussion in this election campaign, precisely because, at least at this point, there has been so little discussion of health care. The leaders debate that took place on August 6th, which may be the only debate, in fact, that the four federal leaders have in English. In two hours, healthcare was mentioned a total of three times in passing. If that is all the attention healthcare gets during this campaign, Canadians can be guaranteed that there will be no new solutions to the problems that face our healthcare system for the next four years. And we think that Canadians need a wake up call on that point. Canadians need to know that if they want things to be dealt with in terms of healthcare, if they have concerns about uh, gaps in our healthcare system right now, they need to make sure that our leaders pay attention to this and articulate policies that are going to address that. Because right now, it doesn't seem to be on the radar screen. And unless we put it there, we're not going to get anywhere for the next few years. I think that's the importance of your editorial is that we really need to put this on the radar. Economic issues are usually what drive election discourse. And that's kind of robbing people of an important issue that they need to consider when voting. So you talk about things that the federal government has backed away from and hasn't done in recent years. What do they need to do? There's a long list of things they need to do, but there are some key ones. Pharmacare is something that's that's come about, uh, particularly within the last year, with some new research, including some that we've featured in CMAJ. The study by Morgan et al. a couple of months ago comes to mind. Uh, this is and long has been one of the key gaps in, in Medicare, the lack of a universal uh, drug program. We are the only country that has a universal health care system without a universal drug plan. And we Canadians take the universality of our health care system for granted, I think. We, we have this as a core value, and yet we make this assumption that it, it covers everything when it really doesn't. And I think the biggest gap, the, the most meaningful gap to the average Canadian is the lack of coverage for medications. We now have crystal clear evidence that having a national drug program that would provide truly public coverage to every Canadian from coast to coast would likely be cost savings, would at the very least take a lot of money that is presently being taken from public taxpayers' hands into private hands, divert that back to the public that needs it reduce costs in terms of healthcare utilization would be a sensible thing economically as well as the right thing to do from a healthcare standpoint. There is over 90% public support for this. And yet up to this point, only one political leader has even said the words pharmacare in this election campaign. That is perhaps the most salient thing we need as, as a change right now, I would say. So this is a really important question for voters and seems to be an economic no-brainer. But we're also looking at differences in access to healthcare across the country. What do you suggest about that? There are lots of barriers to access, and these things, as usual, don't break out fairly among our society. So we see time and time again evidence that 
healthcare barriers are felt differentially by people who are more vulnerable. Seniors, for example. Uh, we all know that seniors are growing as a proportion of our population. They're outstripping many of our of our resources and programs that we have to, to cope with them. A lot more needs to be done to meet this growing need that we've all seen coming and not enough is, is being done. Far too many seniors living longer, but with complex medical conditions, multiple medical conditions, posing an increasingly burden on families, on their caregivers, without enough resources to remain independent, without enough chronic care facilities to manage them when needed. They are causing backlogs at every level of our of our healthcare institutions or hospitals. We need a solution for them. Uh, people who are socioeconomically marginalized always bear the brunt of healthcare problems. This is one area where we need government to act because no one else can to address the, the things that time and time again are, are shown to be the main determinants of, of adverse health outcomes. Poverty, uh, marginalized communities like our Aboriginal populations, rural communities with lack of access to care, regional disparities in access to basic things like having a primary care physician or being close enough to advanced medical care facilities. All these things need government leadership to solve. And when that is absent, as unfortunately it seems to have been at the national level these past many years, these problems grow and they go unchecked. Unless we have clear policies to try to address these problems, we're going to see our, our healthcare system continue to deteriorate. And we're going to see Canada continue to fall behind our peer nations, as we've been doing when the the OECD countries were pulled this year by the Commonwealth Fund in terms of how we rate. We are below every other one of our peer nations except for the United States now. And that's something every Canadian should be ashamed of. And it doesn't have to be that way. All we need to do is look at the examples of our other peer nations, which are actually active on health policies, are investing in their healthcare systems to see the way things could be if only uh, we had leaders who were willing to make a difference. So do you think that in the past few years, the federal government has pulled away from looking at health care in preference to devolving it to the provinces? It certainly seems that way. In fact, time and again, we've heard the, the present government uh, respond to any questions or criticisms almost related to health care. Uh, the mantra that, that health care is a provincial responsibility, which is, for one thing, facile, and for a second thing, patently untrue. First of all, there are clear constitutional and legislative responsibilities that the federal government has directly towards health care that they will always have, that they can't escape from even if they want to. And the more they try to ignore and neglect these things, the more problems well up due to the absence of attention to these things. We're talking about things like their direct responsibility to healthcare, for example, for Aboriginal communities, for our military, for refugees, uh, for prisoners. All these are, are areas where there have been clear problems identified just within the last several years, where uh, in some cases courts have stepped in and told the federal government, you have to do differently and pay attention to this. And even then, it, the government has neglected their responsibilities at times such as, for example, their, their new policies towards refugees. So that's one example of, of where government needs to play a role because it's legally obliged to. Other areas where the provincial governments are trying to make a difference but are faltering because on their own they simply can't grapple with some of the huge scale 
scale uh, of the problems that our health system faces, pharmacare being the greatest example. So our provinces have, have actually made laudable efforts in recent years to band together to uh, purchase drugs in, in bulk to get lower prices with some progress. Ironically, the federal government recently has been lobbying to join those efforts after removing itself from any participation in developing it. Yet that falls short of what we could achieve with a truly national program, a national formulary that guarantees coverage to nearly 40 million people. The discounts, the economies of scale that could be realized by that uh, can only be realized through that type of national program, not through a patchwork of provinces working together. So many other health problems, things like cancer care with the advanced facilities required, things like rare diseases with treatments being so expensive, things like mental health and, and primary care access. These prove time and again to be too big for individual provinces to cope with on their own. But federal leadership uh, on these issues, national strategies could make a real difference. That's what we need to solve the day-to-day healthcare problems that every Canadian finds themselves familiar with now. So you also look at research and the funding of research and scientists in general and how they are treated by the federal government. We absolutely need to think of healthcare research as a Canadian healthcare issue. If we do not have a made in Canada research strategy for healthcare, we are not going to have made in Canada solutions for healthcare policy. Now, just think about how we consider every other aspect of public policy. We would never, for example, say that we could uh, devolve our economic strategy to what other countries do or our foreign policy strategy to the leadership that other countries take and simply follow their directions. We recognize in all those other spheres that we need Canadian policies and Canadian solutions for that. Why would we think that we could back away from health research and yet have uh, solutions that will, will, will solve Canada's problems? We need Canadian research in all its facets from basic science to clinical research to health policy research. Uh, all of that if we're going to solve Canada's problems. And yet we've seen not only cuts to the amount of funding that goes to research uh, in Canada, we've seen a shift in philosophy in recent years. It seems there's, there is more and more emphasis on funding things that uh, are advantageous to the, the, the business sector, looking for things that are partnerships between industry uh, and healthcare and only championing those issues. And while there's nothing wrong with encouraging uh, partnerships between industry and, and healthcare research, we have to make sure that healthcare is never seen as a secondary priority that's subordinated to the needs of our economy. We must always see healthcare and health research as a good in and of itself. Otherwise, we're never going to find the proper solutions to our problems that the average Canadian needs. We should be voting on healthcare in this election. CMAJ expects that all federal political parties should articulate clear, effective, thoughtful policy platforms on health. And we advise everyone to keep the health policies of their candidates' parties at the forefront of their minds when casting their ballots. If we could distill the editorial down to one key message, it's that this is something that every Canadian needs to be active about. We're too often passive, as I said before, we take our public health care system for granted. Thank you, Matthew. Thanks very much. You've been listening to Kirsten Patrick and Matthew Stanbrook of CMAJ. To read Matthew's editorial, go to cmaj.ca.